This is Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Suck it! Episode 102 of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast is now on the air. This is Corey Richmond, joined as always by Jason Brooks. In a few minutes, we will be joined by Eddie Z, who has been one of our many guests that we enjoy always having back. Uh, Jay, the wrestling year is pretty much over. Got a lot of things to look forward to in the coming months. But right off the bat, how you doing? And what was your key moment, if you want to say, from this year? Oh, God. Uh, that's quite a question to start with. First of all, Happy New Year to everybody. Um, it's New Year's Eve uh, here, so hopefully everyone has a good and safe New Year's Eve for sure. Biggest moment of the year. Oh, God. I, I mean, I, I guess I'd have to say Rollins winning the title at WrestleMania. I'd say, you know, I, I guess I'd go with that um, as far as my biggest WWE wrestling moment. I, I, I'd have to say Rollins winning the title at WrestleMania. Because it was a pretty big surprise, um, and I thought how they did it was phenomenal, um, and I'm a big Rollins fan anyway, so I, I'd have to say Rollins for me. Well, mine is, I think mine is obvious. Uh, us actually making it to a 100-second show without killing each other, I think that is the most obvious answer, but uh, we'll go with an actual wrestling thing on your, on your behalf. But uh, before we get into uh, ideas for next year, we had our last Raw of the year, we had the return of Vince McMahon to TV again. We had the return of John Cena after a couple of month hiatus. What was your uh, first thoughts of the return of John Cena? And did he feel like he's someone we should care about in 2016? I know he's the face of the company, but did it feel special having him back? I mean, the crowd was, was you know, they did their half into him, half not into him, but he got a big reaction um, for sure. I really enjoyed the segment with him and Del Rio. I thought it was was really good. Um, Cena seemed like he had an extra, I don't know, an extra burst of energy because it's been a while since he's been there. Um, I thought their match was really good. I thought Cena was awesome last night or a couple nights ago. And um, I thought the crowd, for the most part, really bought into him, whether they kind of booed him or cheered him. And I felt like there wasn't as much, like, Cena hate. Like, the John Cena sucks chance were almost more of, like, what they do, and I didn't feel like that kind of hate and vitriol that we used to get from him in the past. I think he's actually gaining respect from more of the audience than he had before. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed his segment with him and Del Rio, and I thought the match was really good. And that's one of the things that we brought up last week in our best of, our best of basically, show. The John Cena has basically gone from a guy who was thrown down our throats, who still is at points, but... And a guy that we were sitting there going, oh, great, we got another John Cena segment, too, with the U.S. Open Challenge, into a guy that has become more of a wrestler. I mean, would he be, you know, a headliner in, you know, New Japan next week? No. But he showed that he can still work. He showed that he still cares. And he showed that with the, I don't know if these were rating successes, 
but the U.S. Open Challenge really revitalized his career. It's going to be interesting to see if they put the title back on him again so they can relive that magic, or is it time to go and make him go back in the main event scene with the world title? Yeah, I think the plan is to have him in the world title picture at some point, Um, but I think they're probably holding off on it for now. They're going to see what they do with Roman Reigns and wait to see how that goes. And I presume they're going to have some heel win the title before Cena gets a run. So, yeah, we'll see what they do with them over the coming year. I think they could do a lot with this Del Rio thing, and I think they could get some something out of it now that they don't, they're not doing this Mexi-America crap. Um, I really think they can get some something out of that Cena-Del Rio feud. I think those guys could have good matches. I think they're both pretty good on the mic. And, you know, you could see some pretty good things between the two of them. I, I see what you're saying. I mean, I, I think that you need a little bit... I think we're going back to what we've had the problem with the first time around with Del Rio. On the indies, Del Rio, this babyface character, really works with the crowd. But I just don't really think that the Del Rio character, as a heel, really works as something special. I mean, I think that's a problem throughout the WWE right now with heels. Yeah. But I, mm-hmm. I think that him and Cena have good chemistry. I think that... They should, if they do do it, they should have a solid match at the Royal Rumble. And I think it's really interesting to see if these guys will be doing double duty and be in the Rumble. Because I think John Cena has got to be considered a front runner to still win the Rumble. I know that most likely people think that Reigns keeps the title and either faces Triple H or Brock Lesnar. You know, ideas here. But I think as long as Cena's back, I think Cena has got to be one of the people that, as we head towards the Rumble about three weeks away... I think he is a front runner. And I mean, look, he's been gone for a while, and him being back, it, you know, it shows you guys who are over and not, and guys who are main event guys aren't. I mean, he he got the probably one of the top two or three biggest reactions of the night. Probably him, Reigns, and Kevin Owens, actually, um, and maybe Vince. But so he, he's a big time guy. Um, the only thing I'll say about the reels, I agree. I think he should be a baby face. Especially when he does the C thing, the whole crowd chants with him. But um, I do think he's doing a good job as a heel. And I think now that he's with the League of Nations, that's my dog in the background. And now that he's not doing League of Nations and he's not doing Mexican America thing, he's doing League of Nations. I think that'll get him over a bit more as a heel. Uh, Other big thing from Raw was Vince McMahon uh, returning for a second time. What was your opinions on that first segment? 17 minutes or so, like most opening segments, but do you think Vince is already losing some of the impact that the character has? Did you like it? What was your thoughts when it came to Vince and Roman Reigns week two? I thought this week was much better than last week. I thought last week was a mess. Um, uh, I enjoyed this week a lot more. Um, I love what he said at the end. You know, if I, I could sue each and every one of you. I, I liked, he, he played up the heel character quite a bit more. Um, I thought it was more organized. I feel like last year they just, or last week they threw it together that he was going to be on Raw. Um, but this week was a little bit more succinct, and I enjoyed this week a lot more. This is a bit more of the Vince that, than, that we're used to seeing. And um, I thought Reigns played it up well, too. I thought both, both guys did a good job. Stephanie was shocked at what was going on. So I thought it was pretty good. That being said, I still would rather see Stephanie have a bigger role as the heel, um, the heel authority figure than Vince. But, you know, they, they need TV ratings. And, you know, there's not a coincidence. That's why Vince has been on a little bit more than uh, before. 
Anyway, <clears throat> let me chime in. I know it's not my part. You haven't given me my cue to chime in. Uh-huh. This is Eddie Z <laughs> joining us. Uh, <laughs> you had a Cena segment, and you didn't ask me a Cena question. I'm, I'm infuriated over here. I drank all my I drank all my beverage because you didn't ask me a question. All right. Well, you, know what, you, you know what it is, Ed, with the Cena thing? I, I think the whole, like, everybody hates Cena thing is, is kind of like it's by the way. It's respect now. I think, I think it's respect. I think, I think people still hate him. But are people, I think people now hate him just because, like, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, it's the Kurt Angle thing. You suck. You suck. When they say he sucked, but they, they really yeah. kind of respected him. So, But then, no, I didn't want to say anything about Cena. It's just, you got to have a Cena section without <laughs> me commenting on Cena. I was very really excited to see Cena, by the way. Yeah. The, the Vince McMahon thing, and I had a really big opinion on this. Um, I, think, I think Vince McMahon has come to a point where... He, if you go back to where his first feud was all, with Austin, he was the biggest heel in the company when Austin was running it. And it seems like Vince McMahon always comes when the heels need a little support because there's no, it doesn't feel like there's a true heel. So now we have to go with McMahon again until a true heel rises because we didn't really see McMahon when, when Rollins was a champion. And now with Rollins gone, here we go McMahon again because we can't seem. To find a true heel that either doesn't bore everyone or that people love, like a Kevin Owens. He's supposed to be a true heel. Who the hell hates him besides me? So, you know, it's it's, it's one of those things where I think I love seeing McMahon, but I think it's a sign of where we are, where we don't have that true heel right now. And I think as long as when there's no true heel, it's hard for WWE to be interesting when there's no true heel. I mean, that's an interesting point. I mean, I think the real reason... For the fan-wise, maybe that's what they want you to think. But the real reason McMahon's back is the fact that basically over the last, like, two months or so, the ratings have been atrocious except for basically one week. The the night after the last pay-per-view, when you had Roman Reigns win the title, the ratings have been going – viewership is almost under 3 million, and the ratings have been – Well, of course, you just made made Ed's point for him. If he's the biggest heel in the company, when he comes back, the ratings go up. So he is the biggest heel in the company. It, 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 he brings ratings. So if he brings ratings and he's the biggest heel in the company, that's kind of what it is. So it is about the ratings, but it's also the idea that he is the biggest heel in the company. And so it, it's like both both things kind of work together. Because if he came back as a babyface, I don't think people would care as much, to be honest with you. I think people want that, that Mr. McMahon character. You need a really badass. You need a real badass. And without Rollins, who to me was whatever, um, but people loved him, and I saw why he was a great heel. Um, he was the schemer, the conniver. Uh, but without him, you, who do you got? Triple H. They need to, you know, they need to reshuffle that deck already with the whole corporation thing. But absolutely, and that's what we've spoken about for multiple weeks, and what we said right before uh, a little earlier in the show: the idea that heels are not really doing what they should be doing right now. There's not a real great heel for Roman Reigns to face, and that's why I think Triple H might get the uh, the shot at the Royal Rumble. Now, uh, Jay, quick one before we get into a couple more items with uh, Eddie Z. What did you think of Roman Reigns in regards to his interaction with Vince, and how much do you think Vince is helping Roman Reigns get over as a babyface more now? Because the crowd, even a Brooklyn crowd, which you would have expected to be a lot more negative towards Roman Reigns, actually kind of was on his side for the most part. You had the couple of things in the beginning with the fans being the fans and training for Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. 
but you had it looked like a good reaction to Roman Reigns. This is the thing. What gets Reigns over is what he did at the end of Raw. The spear, the Superman punch, the intensity. That's what's going to get him over as a big baby face. Not him talking for 15 minutes. And I think they have to be careful that they don't overexpose him and do the, you know, him talking the beginning of Raw, then him talking in the middle of Raw, then him talking at the end of Raw. They need to stick with him talking a little bit and but being that intense beast guy, I mean, how could you not get pumped up watching him do that spear on Rusev or him doing the Superman punch? I mean, the crowd's going to always get pumped about that. So that's what they need to stick with. Um, I do think it was a little slow in the beginning, um, that segment with McMahon. And McMahon, obviously, from a speaking standpoint, carried it. You know, the thing with Reigns is he's going to have to be in there with a strong talker because he just can't carry them on his own. So... You know, that's going to be one of his issues for sure. Um, and I think the crowd is definitely becoming, you know, they're definitely getting into him more. And it's going to take a little while, but they need to be careful. We've talked about this before uh, of overexposing him because I do worry that they're going to have him talking out there too much. And, you know, that's going to become an issue at some point. But, you know, the crowd was definitely into him, especially at the end there. Now, uh, Ed, what, what is, uh, as you said, you like the return of McMahon. What, what was your opinion in regards well, say, to, to Roman I, Reigns? I, I mean, I know you're a Cena guy, but I don't know if we've really got your opinion. You don't need opinion. to keep underlining it with well, that. I'm just saying the idea that you are, you, you I have. I am a proud Cena fan. You're a proud Cena fan. I also love wrestling as a fan. So. Right. What I'm saying is you're a guy who at times will go and not. Even though Ed doesn't like anybody except John Cena. <laughs> That's what he's making it sound like, right? Well, I was going to say, <laughs> as a guy who enjoys the face of the company, the guy that they want us to be the I like, face. I like a good heel. Do I you like, like Roman Reigns? Heel. I like a natural heel. Do you like Roman Reigns, though? Um, I like Roman Reigns. I don't like how he became champ. I always hate when someone becomes champ because they benefit over death or injury. I I, I don't... I, it doesn't feel organic. It's not natural. You didn't, you didn't let it build. If he wasn't good enough to win the title at SummerSlam... So now you made him the champ, and now he's the champ for the rest of the year going into WrestleMania, possibly. Why not give it to someone to see how he might fare as champ and then give Roman Reigns the big moment at this WrestleMania or maybe even Royal Rumble? But he wasn't good enough three months ago. Nothing changed. Um, and now he got it because his boy got hurt. So this, this, this could have easily been a test drive for Ambrose, who's on fire. Could have been a test drive as a transitional champ for... Cesaro finally, or maybe even a Kevin Owens glimmer of hope in there, but then that probably bury him too quickly because then where you go after that, right? Can't bury Kevin Owens. But you know, <laughs> sarcasm as <at> its best. <laughs> so it just, I just feels that I like Roman Reigns. I wanted him to beat Lesnar at Mania. Um, I wanted was it Mania or SummerSlam? Mania. Mania. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted him to win the title at SummerSlam. They still didn't think he was ready, but now he's ready. So it's fake to the fans. And if it's fake to the fans, and when I say fake, I don't mean literally. Um, but if it's if it's if it doesn't feel organic or if it doesn't even feel like you're pushing him to go against the grain like they would naturally do with a heel, it's kind of ho-hum. So he's always on a treadmill. He's always trying to catch up to himself um, uh, and, and with this title. And it's unfair to him 
because you know you tell a guy he ain't ready, he starts almost he starts almost taking that U.S. title role where he fits there more. And now you gave him the title. Oh yeah, we didn't think you were ready because you can't talk and you got a new type of five moves of doom and you know. But here, here's the title. It's it kind of feels like okay, everyone's just waiting for him to lose the title, and it's unfair. So I like him a lot. I've always thought Reigns would be my favorite champion of that threesome. Now I'm thinking I have to rethink that because I always thought Ambrose was the second best. And it looks like Ambrose to me. Um, should be the guy uh, moving forward, but that's neither here or there right now. That's for future um, shows, but um, I digress. I, I like Roman Reigns. I just feel I don't like him as a champ now. He had to be the champ on a big moment, not on a Monday Night Raw like Kane or some, something like that, you know? Gotcha. Uh, last thing on Raw, and then we're going to take a quick break and have a little more time with Ed. But what was your thoughts on a segment that I felt went on forever? And I'm giving my opinion right off the bat for a change. But uh, the Miss TV, which I think it might be time for Miss TV to go away, the uh, Big Show and all the jobbers of WWE superstars oh, basically uh, saying that they want to be in the Rumble without actually saying it. Well, uh, Jay, do yeah. you do you care that Big Show's in there, or do we? You one of the many people who want who chance uh, please retire. I mean, Corey, this is what, I mean, it's a three-hour show, right? So if this was a two-hour show, that segment would not have been on. If it was an hour show, that segment would not have been on. It's a three-hour show. These guys are getting paid. They got to do something with them. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the, I mean, that's what I took it as. It's a three-hour show. They need to put something up there. They're paying these guys. Have them do this jobber segment. Have Big Show come out and punch people and say he's declaring. I mean, He's always going to be a little bit over for a match like the Royal Rumble because of the fact that he's a big guy. Do I care about the Big Show? Absolutely not. Does most of the crowd care about the Big Show? Absolutely not. But he's still a seven foot, five hundred pound monster who's been around forever and is a former champion. So you know, like, whatever. It, it, it's it was a whatever segment to me. So no big deal. So uh, basically, what you're saying is we should all buy Hulu. Hulu Plus and watch the hour and hour ninety minute version of Raw every week. I guess that, that that would be the smart play, right? Well, yeah, I don't think that made the cut. I, I would suspect <laughs> that that didn't make the cut. Very, uh, it's just I, I hate that Ryback was there. I hate that Ryback was in that because Ryback always feels to me a guy who can take off and carry the mid division for a little while if needed with the proper guidance and the proper enemy. Um, I hate that Ryback was in there with our truth and all these other bozos who should have been fired a long time ago. But it angers me because I'm not a big Ryback fan, but he has become a guy who gets you excited once in a while when he's in that mid-card battle. And he's always a good guy to destroy some people onto a big match and then lose. But Ryback's always that wild card. You really never know where you can go with him, but now you've, you've made him now what he will be going forward. That is absolutely, you know, it's true. And I, that was where I was actually going with this. Ed, thank you for bringing that up. I almost forgot. Uh, Ryback is a guy that should be on a little bit higher level than the other guys that were in that segment. And it gives me a little angst on the idea of what Ryback really is going to be because I know that they, they were running a house show also the same night. So if you notice, there was no Ziggler. There was no Wyatt's. Thank God there was no Kane, there was no Dudleys, 
no Tyler Breeze. So all of those guys were on the, the house show. So we had longer matches. We had, you know, the extra long Divas match, which some people really liked, some didn't. But I wonder who would have been in that segment, might have taken Ryback's place or some of these job guys' place if we didn't have a split crew. Yeah, I agree. And I agree with Ed a lot about Ryback. I'm not a huge fan of his, but he is over with the crowd. He's not one of those baby faces where the crowd's like, ah, he sucks. They do like him. He's had some decent matches. He's not horrible in the ring. He's a lot better than he used to be. He's over with the crowd. I'm surprised he doesn't get more of a shot, to be honest with you. He was the IC champ for a while, but I think he's one of those guys. He's just going to be kind of a mid-card guy. I think he's obviously more of an upper mid-card guy than the, you know, the jobbers that were in that segment. But, yeah, I was surprised he was out there, but maybe they wanted somebody out there who the fans came one shit about, which would have been right back because they didn't care about any of those other guys. Absolutely. Uh, we'll be right back with uh, with more with Eddie Z and, and Jason uh, talking a little uh, New Year's resolutions for some of the promotions that we watch and some of the promotions that – we may have given up on, so we'll be right back with more of episode 102 of the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Mike Kingston, the writer and creator of Headlock, the only wrestling comic book that doesn't suck. You're listening to the Workshoot Podcast. Uh, Jay, uh, before we went to break, was talking about the resolutions for some of these wrestling companies. Every year, wrestling fans, you know, and people in general say, you know what, I'm going to go back to the gym, I'm going to lose weight, go start a new job. Uh, all the other things that, you know, we lie about and don't actually continue. I mean, you know, we'll see how that goes for, you know, each one of us. But as I ramble on with this uh, transition here. Uh, but let, let's do a little something a little different today. Talking, what do you think uh, WWE, TNA, NXT, all these companies should be doing to change for next year? What should... Vince McMahon, Dixie Carter, Triple H, what should be their New Year's resolutions for their wrestling companies? And that's the original reason why I was going to bring Eddie Z in here today, even though he didn't know about that until he, he walked in. But I think he's a smart enough cook that he can do that. Um, Thank you. Jay, let's uh, let's start with WWE, which Ed watches more than anything else. I don't know if he watches any other companies. But uh, if you are Vince McMahon or Stephanie... What, what would you say the big things we have to change for next year for the WWE to be more network subscriptions or just in general, more people to care about the product? So it really depends on how you look at it. If you look at it from our standpoint, we'd want, you know, fans, I think we'd want longer matches, less horrible talking segments, um, maybe a shorter, like less than three hours of Raw if we could have a two-hour show. But those probably aren't realistic. Um, in terms of how Vince and Stephanie look at it, advertising, ratings. I guess they've gotten a couple of sponsors, uh, Coca-Cola, K-Jewelers, and what they're doing with John Cena, if you guys know, he's been on the Today Show more. And the reason why he's been doing that is he's trying to, you know, this is according to the Dave Meltzer of the world, he's trying to soften wrestling, you know, in the mainstream a little bit and how people look at wrestling. So, you know, they're trying to get more sponsors, get bigger sponsors. Um, what I would love to see them do that I think is a bit more realistic from a hardcore stand, fan standpoint 
but I want them to separate SmackDown. I want them to make it a bit of a different show, a bit of a different feel, highlight some of the mid-card guys who they don't get the spotlight on Raw. Make, you know, They kind of started doing that a bit before Daniel Bryan's injury, where Daniel Bryan was like the headliner for SmackDown and John Cena was the headliner for Raw. I think they need to do that with SmackDown. Have... I don't know, whoever you want to do, Ziggler, whatever, have a SmackDown headliner, a guy who is always in the main event of SmackDown and have a couple of guys who are going against him. You know, have Dean Ambrose maybe be the main eventer of SmackDown and highlight the Owens, Dean Ambrose. Have those two guys be the main eventers of SmackDown. Make it a different show. Make it a different feel. And with the new announcers that they're getting, I think they have a chance to do that. Um, will they? Probably not. It's probably going to be the same show and the same crap but i would really like for them to highlight some of the mid carters maybe that's where you put more of the divas you know do something like that to make it a different show than raw because Corey, why watch smackdown what's the point of watching it? it's the same show so i'd like for them to change smackdown up a bit i i agree with when, when your opinion on uh smackdown for sure why watch it if it's basically just regur- uh, regurgitated matches from raw and Possibly almost as bad or worse commentary from, you know, Booker T and Jerry Lawler every week. But Eddie Z, the one product that I know you definitely watch, and I know you actually have two kids who watch the product now and then. One does not. One does, all right. We, we, we lost one in, yeah, we one, lost one in the fight. Yeah, um, failed. <laughs> he's smarter than we are at this point then. But, um, he is smarter than we are. <laughs> but what would, uh, as, I guess as a fan and, if, and just in the mind, if you were Vince or Stephanie, what would you change or keep the same in regards to WWE for 2016? All right, so uh, quickly, I'll do it realistically and unrealistically. Sure. I'm going to piggyback a little bit what off Jason said about the different companies. Next, if next is the starter company... That'd be NXT, right? Okay. SmackDown should be the mid-level company where these feuds continue into SmackDown, where now we can see them still fighting at a more a more exposed... Um, um, arena to say and then now from there we can start giving them different um, enemies different rivals and they don't, they don't got to keep fighting their way all the way to the top champion you know all the way into uh, um, Raw but they could keep their feuds into Smackdown finish them kind of in Smackdown and then start branching on with the rest of the roster and then it would filter to the top where we have a few main eventers and then you go into the Raw roster and the Raw roster now you're, now you're playing with the big boys. And from time to time, you'll have special guest appearances and cameos, you know, that that help booster SmackDown a little bit. Maybe you have a, you know, a Cena go down there. Uh, maybe you have a Rollins go down there, roll up the youngsters, you know, still. Maybe some of the veterans like a Ryback to help carry SmackDown. Um, so I kind of, to piggyback, I don't know if that's where he was going, like have level one, level two, and then finally, you know, master level with Raw. Um, but a problem with that, I think, um, then NXT and SmackDown would become one union, and there'll be that'd be so much better product as a whole than Raw, and then we'll have the separation of what's being what like what's being watched. Let me uh, just to break in for one second. I want to make sure I'm, I'm getting this, and I think Jay would, I think most likely thinking the same thing, maybe not. But are you actually kind of saying you want another brand split? Then you want. Raw is one show and SmackDown without the champion in SmackDown. The champion needs to always stay in Raw, but you keep the US or the IC would be the two main titles kind of in SmackDown, and you keep the IC and champ at Raw, mm-hmm. the US and the tag team in SmackDowns. 
Um, I guess because the Divas have a championship, we keep them kind of in Raw. But that's my unrealistic thing, you know, and I think that way it's a healthy build-up. I think you draw more attention for anybody who's interested in SmackDown or watch NXT, which I think NXT already has its following. I don't watch it anymore because I'm kind of frustrated with the fact that they go from NXT right to the second hour of Raw when they come out all of a sudden. We're supposed to care that much about them. It's like the wrestling fan is weird because they know that NXT is kind of a build-up to the main roster, but then when they get to the main roster, they want to they want them to be something more than what they should be. But yet, anybody who's already been on the roster without going to NXT, everybody says that they have to work their way up. But NXT guys, for some reason, have a free pass right to the top. So I think it's an unbalance of, of what the fans want. NXT guys, it's okay to fight Cena without fighting nobody else on the roster. But anybody who was on the roster already, who didn't go to NXT for some reason to fight Cena automatically and get that type of pop, had to come up the ranks. So which one is it? You got to come up the ranks, or do you go into the second, the, the ten o'clock hour and roll? And why is it okay for NXT mm-hmm. guys to go right to the, you know, right to the underbelly of Raw, like right to the heart of Raw, but everybody else who didn't go through NXT has to work their way up the ladder? So. Yeah, I, well, I, I think there's only a few guys like that. Um, I, I think Breeze is not one of them, which is why he shouldn't be on Raw. I think if Finn Balor ever came in, he could be an upper mid-card guy right when he I mean, goes there. I mean, Finn Balor and, did wrestle Cena on the open challenge, didn't No, that was Sami Zayn. Oh, Sami Zayn. I apologize. Okay. That was Sami Zayn. Okay. I, I think he's one of those guys, too. I think the fans are really, like, well, I think one of the reasons why some of those guys you know, not to deviate too much from what we were talking about, is because they already have a built-in fan base. Like, they already have, they have been working their way up, really. I mean, they've been in developmental for, uh, you know, quite a number of years. But it's like if you're working your way up in the mailroom, how do you become an associate? If you're working your way up in the mailroom, how do you become an associate just because you go to a different floor? You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to go there now and pay your dues. So every time you move up, you got to kind of pay your dues. But... We're not going to get into that. Yeah. This is about this is about yeah. resolutions. That's interesting. But I'll say this: none of these guys are getting. You know, none of these guys are world champ. That, that's for sure. And Breeze is going to be. Uh, you know, he's not going to be doing much at all. So, you know, I think there's some there's some truth to that. But I think there's I think there's more of these guys aren't necessarily having in big impacts like we'd like them to see, rather than less. But I agree with you that they need to be on SmackDown anyway. I mean, they need to be on SmackDown. And work their way to ride. That I agree with 100%. Okay, so the realistic resolution is, and no one's going to like this. Put the, the title back on Cena for the rest of our lives. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> the realistic resolution is, um, I think they need to go back to where the fan, giving the fans what they want, just not all the time. And... I think we've gone, ever since the whole Danny Bryan escapade, I think WWE more is on the track of um, giving and taking, working with the fans kind of hand in hand. We're going to take a little, but then we're going to give you a little. We're going to take a little, and we're going to give you a little. And it kind of keeps everyone happy. It makes the fans mad. It makes them happy. And it's a natural, it's a natural relationship, wrestling relationship. When I felt wrestling was at its best when fans didn't get anything they want until one of the two big shows, Rumble or Mania. They would scream and cry. I, the most fun I had was the whole Daniel Bryan thing, even though I can't stand Daniel Bryan. But the most fun I had was watching the fans absolutely lose their shit for eight months. And then when they finally got the payoff at Mania, I was like, see, 
this is why you do it. Like this, you finally get the payoff. It's it's the greatest porn ever. You watch two hours and you finally get that money shot. The whole time you've been wondering why is this taking so long? Just get the money shot. So I feel like we need to go back to not giving. And when I say giving the fans, I just say like. It, we're getting a little bit more of what we want, right? We're seeing more NXT guys. We're seeing more divas. We're seeing, and one thing I agree, I'll disagree with Jason. We don't need longer matches. Um, so, but I just that's where I disagree with you. You want more? You want more talking segments? No, no, no. I just think I want more matches. <laughs> How about having just more, more six to okay. six to eight minute matches instead of a diva match that's twenty seven minutes long? So. I just think we need a little bit more matches, not longer. Definitely no diva longer matches. And, you know, in that section where let's start pulling back the reins a little bit of giving the fans what they want. Let's make the fans wait a little bit longer because that's when it was the most fun, for me anyway. So just to to encapsulate this, Eddie Z wants a little bit of like a minor league minor league system when it comes to baseball. They want them to come up each level. Uh, he believes the WWE should basically be the equivalent of a drug dealer, just giving the giving the a little bit of the product. They've always been the drug dealer before they get the money shot. Which <laughs> kids who are listening with their with their parents, that's a conversation for another time. And we already we knew when Eddie Z was coming on. Where this show was headed in terms of our, our uh, explicit rating, that's why I was cursing immediately because we knew where this was going. Um, yeah, for sure. Now, just quick, as the, as the laughing continues from Eddie Z, who we love, and uh, I just want to say a couple of things on. I think that it's something that's never going to happen. But if I was a WWE, I think you got to eliminate this concept, which we talk about all the time: fifty-fifty booking. We need stars. We need people who, when they wrestle or in the ring, like Brock Lesnar, like John Cena, you actually believe that there are, you know, a version of like a Superman. You can't have every week Dean Ambrose win a match, Dean Ambrose lose a match. Dolph Ziggler win a match, lose the very next time. You can't have every time you have a feud, a guy wins on a pay-per-view and the following night he loses on Raw and nothing's been resolved. You got to have guys out there that constant winning streaks and and have, you know, a feeling that this guy is worthy of facing Roman Reigns for the title. I know that Kevin Owens is a fat guy. We know that uh, everyone has little things that are against him. But you know what? Kevin Owens winning from now until WrestleMania, being a strong, strong contender, if he actually gets the shot at Brock Lesnar at Mania, that actually might be somewhat believable. If you don't have Absolutely. him losing every other week to Dean Ambrose or to Zolf Ziegler or different things, I think you need to go and have people. I know it makes you say, well, then you have even a worse mid-card because you actually have jobbers. Well, one of the things that really worked in the mid-'80s when we all became wrestling fans was, was Superstars and Livewire and all these other shows that you were lucky if you saw two guys you even heard of facing each other. One of the things that made Ryback entertaining at first was he was, for about six months, killing jobbers. He was just taking them out. He was putting them up on his shoulders two at a time, sometimes maybe three, and just killing them with his finishing move where you actually thought for a few minutes he was better than he actually was. So, I mean, it's something that's a hard thing to do, and I know that with the idea of everyone wants to be a star, it's going to be hard, but I think that's what you got to do. you got to make people either be stars or not stars, 
And one of the reasons why people may hate John Cena is that he's pushed down our throats. But, you know, when you see John Cena, you know he's a star. You know that he's going to nine or ten times win a match. You know that he's important. Brock Lesnar, true athlete, all of those things, MMA fighter. You know he's a star. When you look at Kevin Owens, at the way he is now, you look at Tyler Breeze, are these guys stars? Are these just guys who are on your TV every week who, perfect world, you know, are they bouncers at a bar and they're here because they're slightly better than everybody else? They're here to feed the fans. Yeah, I, well, I think they've done a good job with Owens. Is this your resolution? I, I think they've, sorry, this they've done resolution? much better with him. No, I, would, I wasn't sure if this is Corey's resolution. He went on a tirade without <laughs> opening as if it was his resolution. That is, <laughs> that would be my resolution for WWE. Realistic or unrealistic? I, I don't know. I mean, it depends on who Vince McMahon cares about. We've always said that... No, no, no. I don't, it's not about Vince McMahon. That's not, it is about him, but it's not. I mean, it is because he's the owner of the company. Well, it's who it's he cares about booking. It, but, it, but, but no, it's the culture. We've talked about this before, how what people are saying is the reason why they don't want to do this is because everybody has a brand. Like, whenever a guy wins a title, they put his, like, logo on the title. It's about these guys' brands. So Ziggler has a brand. Say we make who people love, and we I think the three of us like Ziggler, but say they make him the jobber. Now we have Ziggler losing every week. His brand is done. He's not going to make the money he could potentially make. So I think this is about more than just who Vince likes and doesn't like. This is like this is if you decide you're going to do this and you're going to have jobbers, and that's what this is going to be, you are telling guys this is the amount of money that you're going to make. This is who you're going to be. So... That is going to be difficult to change that culture overnight. You're basically going to be telling guys you're going to have a lot of Heath Slaters. And Heath Slaters, I think, okay with his position. He's glad he has a job. But who are we going to make the jobbers? And who's going to be the mid-card guys? And who's going to be the upper mid-card guys in the main event? That's going to be a tough sell. And you can't just have jobber matches. You can have a couple. Oh, yeah, but you can't have Raw filled with jobber matches. So it's, it's less than about who Vince cares about and doesn't care about, but it's who is who can they basically sacrifice? Who's going to be the jobbers? Because, you know, they had that segment with R-Truth and the, the Miz, you know, basically the jobbers. You'd have to have, you'd have to double or triple that for them for them to really have a defined jobber, low card, mid card, and then a main event. So the problem is who are you going to have sacrifice? Who's going to be on the chopping block? Who's going to be the jobber? Why can't the NXT guys be the jobbers until they pay their dues on the main roster? Because I think that NXT is the show that guys finesse their skills and they learn all the things in order to one day be on the main roster. You're having the you NXT have have, guys. Yeah, I agree. You have the NXT guys you up there. Have, you have to have jobbers that the fans don't, that people don't care about. Right. But they can still be awesome in the ring. You have the NXT guys lose. be jobbers. Yeah, but you know what? You also have the idea of besides their live specials, everything is taped. So you can go and have a match that doesn't go right. You can fix it. You want as good as like a Ty Dillinger. I know you don't know, mostly you know who he is, Perfect Ten guy. As, as good as he is in the ring and d- different things, is he ready to actually be on Raw on Monday and trust him enough not to screw up? One of the things yeah, that we oh yeah, with, I, oh yeah, he's a professional wrestler. Oh, that's saying no, but I'm just saying yeah, like, and he, he can go, he can go out there and lose in a five minute match. Court. He, he, these guys are not wrestling, and and again, some of the jobbers of the '80s, I know we make fun of them. But Bear Horowitz was an accomplished oh, guy, yeah. and Iron Mike Sharp was a pretty accomplished guy. But these guys can wrestle five minute matches and not screw up. They don't. There's not much they have to do. You get your ass kicked and you lose. I mean, that's. I mean, but in this day and age, the jobber match has evolved 
into an, an expedition, right? Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. An expedition of two guys showing exhibition, what, yeah. exhibition. There you go. The jobber match has evolved. You know when a guy, you know when our, like, no, nah, I don't want to use our truth. I can't stand him. But you know when a, a, guy, a talented guy gets in the ring with a guy who's at a higher tier, you most likely know that guy is going to lose, but you're more watching it for the performance in the ring. So the jobber match is not about the guy going in there trying to clothesline the guy. He doesn't fall and gets his ass torn apart. It's more about two guys going at it, but you know where this is going. They go at it hard for two minutes, and then the last three minutes, it's the superstar who's who's destroying this guy. And that's okay because we've got to see both – we got to see the jobber kind of show his skills – and we know that maybe given a longer match, he might do better. And this is where the jobber then starts to rise up the ranks. Because we just, we don't, we can't have anymore a guy who's specifically there made to lose. Because then even the guy who's fighting him becomes uninteresting. We're not, I think even today's kids are a bit more savvy with knowing, oh God, this guy is going to lose. He has no chance. I don't care how good he is. So that we need now talented losers. You know, we can't have the Mike Sharps and the Barry Horowitz of the world. We need more talented losers. And I think that's where the NXT guys fit. Their talent, they can lose, but then we can see how they deal with losing. Do they still get popularity with losing? Can they rise up the ranks, though they've lost 10 in a row, with the fans? I give you a a perfect example of a jobber in NXT who is a jobber, but the fans like... He's kind of like the Bear Horowitz and Iron Mike Sharp of NXT. Of NXT? And it's not a coincidence that they did... Yeah, and it's not a coincidence that they do this in NXT, which is a bit more old school. So they have a guy, Ty Dillinger, who we just talked about, who has this horrible gimmick. He calls himself the perfect 10. And he comes out and he goes, 10, 10, 10, and the whole crowd yells, 10, 10, 10. Since he started that gimmick six months ago, he hasn't won a match. But the fans love him. It's And he's wrestled. He's had some good matches, Corey. But, and he loses every match, but the fans love him, and he's got a fun gimmick. He loses the match. The fans don't really care that he loses. I'm sure he cares he loses. It kind of sucks. But it's a fun gimmick, but it's it's just, a, it's just a fun gimmick, and he loses every match, but he wrestles pretty decent matches. As you guys are saying, you know he's going to lose. WWE needs to do more like that. They need to have more, and I, I think they only have one character really like that. It's later, but they don't, they don't even wrestle him. They don't have him out there. I mean, have Zack Ryder be that guy, the kind of jobber to the to the heels. He's a fun guy. The crowd likes him. I'm sure he'd be fine as long as he's on the main roster making some money. And you have him be that guy. Have Heath Slater be that guy for the for the baby faces. Have a couple of those guys and have them on Raw every week. Have them lose on Raw every week or every other week. That's what those those are the type of guys they need to to, to have. Will they ever do that? I, I think. I think there's. No, I think that we're so far past that now, and our, the culture's changed so much. And I think, as much as we love the late '90s stuff, which all of us do in the Attitude Era, it changed. I mean, that era changed jobbers and changed how we how wrestling's looked at now. And I don't. I mean, that was you know whatever, 15, 20 years ago. I don't know if we could ever go back to the era of jobbers again. I don't know if fans will accept it. And I think when you're talking about TV ratings and all that, I mean, that's a that's quite a gamble to take. Absolutely. And before we move on to NXT and a couple other companies, last thing on this, I think we just want to, I basically want to say is for a New Year's resolution for the WWE is 
I want to, by the end of, by, when we're talking about this next year, I want to be able to say that we have three or four guys that at this time this year we weren't sure if they were going to make it and actually are stars. I want to, I want someone like a Daniel Bryan from a couple of years ago. I want someone like a Cesaro who's picked up some steam before unfortunately getting hurt. I want to see there's a couple of guys, if it's Owens, if it's a Finn Balor bring from NXT, if it's, you know, a Sami Zayn. We don't feel like that's an Ambrose? Well, I think we've done that with Ambrose. I want to see more guys get that opportunity. I want to see either, is this the year of Dolph Ziggler, or is this the year that Dolph Ziggler goes and says, people are coming to my comedy shows, maybe it's time to move on and do stand-up comedy full-time. I want to know if some of these guys are worth keeping. Nobody says anybody should get fired. But I want to know, are these guys headliners? Are they jobbers? Are they just mid-card guys? What are some of these guys that we've put so much time into? Jay, if you want to give one second on that before we move on? Yeah, I mean, we'll, you know, we'll see. I mean, will they? Get, the, the question is, will WWE give them the chance to be the guy? I think you saw it yesterday with Owens and how, you know, what they did with him and how much of a big part of the show they made him. I thought he was unbelievable. And will they give these guys that opportunity to be a bigger part of the show and have three segments on the show one time? You know, but when when Rollins was the champ, he would have like six segments on the show. How are you highlighting any other guys? But as much as we love Rollins, he has six segments, five segments on the show. Let's see if they give a couple of guys three or four segments on the show. And you have a defined, you know, defined upper card, a defined mid card and low card. I don't know if they're going to give them that chance. I, I, I just don't. I think the culture's changed, and I don't see them doing that. I, I want to make one more point before we move on to what Ed said about giving the fans what they want. I agree with Ed to a certain extent, but I think you're going to have to do what they did with Reigns. The fans didn't want to see Reigns. They didn't want to see Reigns. So WWE had to think of something creative to do to get the fans on his side. They can still get, the WWE can still get what they want, but in this day and age, they may have to be more creative with how they did it. I thought what they did with him and Triple H was fucking awesome. I thought it was phenomenal. And so did the fans, and now they're on Reigns' side. So that's what they have to do. You can still do what you want to do. Put Reigns over, put Cena over, put the guys you think are going to get the kids and make money for you over. But you've got to think of more creative ways to do that, in my mind. Can I, can I ask you guys one question? I know this wasn't sure. tied into your into your show, but I just want to actually moving forward. Mm-hmm. Let's just say this is like a little a little fun thing, really quickly. Fun. If there yeah. was, can I, if there was one thing that you can get rid of for 2016, just for one year, one division, which division would it be? Would you get rid of the IC, the US, the tag team, or the Divas? Which one of those would you like to see just out of Raw? To give space to other people. U.S. It's not even a two-second thought. I, I think the U.S. title is kind of a waste of time. I mean, unless you're putting it back on Cena, the U.S. title is worthless. I think it's something that Dean Ambrose or Kevin Owens, whoever has that title, does something with makes it more interesting. And I think the New Day and some of these tag teams that might come up from NXT as the year goes along will make that division interesting. And I, I know that you can't care less about women's wrestling at the moment. But I think... No, not at the moment. Ever. I know. I understand. Whatever. I'm trying to be positive here. I think, you know, Sasha, Bailey, Becky Lynch, I think all these people have a chance to be something. Will the fans ever accept them? I don't know, but you give me a choice of one title to get rid of, it'd be the IC title. 
I mean, are so, they so I'm going. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Ed what he wants here. Like, 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 you know what I mean? Like, the WWE sometimes gives the fans what they want. I'm gonna give Ed what <laughs> I get rid of the Divas. I get rid of the Divas title. Why would I get rid of the Divas title? One, it's an awful name. Two, they don't do anything with the title. Now they're actually having the women have storylines and stuff like that, which is fine. But Corey, is the title highlighted in any of these storylines? Does the title mean anything in the WWE? Not. Uh, I mean, not. I guess not. It, I, mean, I don't. I, the, the NXT Women's title has more meaning than the Divas title on the main roster in my mind. And you know why? They but, highlight it. Yeah, but I, I think what Ed's. But Ed, if you get rid of the title, do you still want? Aren't you also kind of getting rid of the women's matches also? No, I think if you get rid of the, I mean, I wasn't doing this so I could say I would get rid of the Divas title. I would actually get rid of the U.S. title. Um, Victory is mine. I feel like the Divas could be moved to SmackDown, and that's where the title could be at its prominent in SmackDown. Because after SmackDown comes the Raw roster, which you don't have no space really for that because the Divas title to me is as equivalent and I, this is no disrespect to the IC title I feel the IC title is really a prestigious title but the, <clears throat> the Divas title cannot be made more important than the IC title so I think that's where the Divas title could stay in SmackDown I felt like US title um, could be eliminated maybe maybe even the tag team if you want to look for jobbers how many random guys are thrown together for tag teams so I mean we have a, we have really only two or three real Tag teams get rid of the tag team title. There goes your jobbers. There goes your jobbers and your mid carders all up and down the line. Can we can we be honest though? And we and appreciate Ed coming on the show today and being part of the first 100 plus episodes of the podcast. But we have three hours of TV. We really should be able to have tag teams that matter and US. We have three hours of TV to fill every Monday, which is a long period of time. We should be able to fit all this stuff in. Which the idea that we can't is is you know mind blowing. <laughs> Three hours of TV on Monday night. We need to have big show segments, Corey. All right, uh, show's over. <laughs> I give up. It was nice knowing all you guys. We'll be back in another year with Ed. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just oh that hurt. That hurt my head. No no big show segments more more than once every oh, like six you. months. But um, we're gonna talk about. NXT and a couple of other promotions quickly before we get into a few minutes on which was mostly everyone's favorite show of the year. Last year, Wrestle Kingdom 9, Wrestle Kingdom 10 is coming up. But, Ed, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show today. Awesome. Thank you. And like I said, being part of the first 100-plus episodes. And, Ed, we'll have you on again real soon. Thank you. Jason, have a happy new year. And for the Workshoot work Podcast fans, you did a good job supporting these guys through their 102 shows. Keep it up. I hope to see them keep growing because they did 100 shows, man. I'm proud of you guys. Good job and Happy New Year. Spence. Thank you, boys. All right. Uh, Jay, let's get into a couple of things quickly here. NXT, your Triple H. What do you, uh, what, what do you want to change or keep the same going into 2016? Um, two things. One, more touring. Um, get to keep that touring schedule, um, you know, impactful and keep those dates coming. Uh, they sold out a bunch of dates recently in like the Midwest area, Milwaukee, Chicago. Keep that up and get a couple of more stars from ROH, New Japan, and really build up that main event, um, you know, that main event level talent for NXT. Because at this point, they can really, really start to change and become their own brand in the year 2016. 
And uh, your second item? Uh, that's it. Yeah, more more touring. Keep the touring going, and more main event level stars from from the likes of Ring Around or New Japan. I'd say those two. Okay. And, uh, and I think and I think those two are realistic. I think they can actually absolutely work on getting, you know, uh, Nakamura. Obviously, is a, a guy we've heard whose name we've heard. Jay Lethal, AJ Styles, Red Dragon. We've heard all those guys scuttlebutt. Get one or two of those guys. Keep those touring dates going. Keep develop, developing that talent. Um, because as much as we say, you know, there's been this whole, well, Triple H hasn't really developed talent. They just get guys from, you know, Ring of Honor and they come in. They've done a nice job with the women. You know, they've, they've really built some solid, solid women's wrestlers. So I, I think they've, they have done a good job developing some of their talent. And I think they need to continue to do that moving forward. Uh, I I basically agree with you on that. I mean, I I think you got to go and continue to grow people stronger. I, I love to see uh, more more special. I mean, not more specials, but more specials outside of full sale. <clears throat> not saying that you got to go to Toronto or you know other you know Asia or stuff like that. But I like the idea, the feel when NXT is on the road, especially that first time. I know that we're going to have again for the next couple of years. NXT Brooklyn, uh, which maybe me and you will go to again. We'll see what schedules permit. Um, and I think the idea is to go and figure out a way, and this may be a WWE thing also, but figure out a way besides a you know a 30-second clip every once in a while, get your WWE fans to watch NXT, to get an idea of who these people are. It's great to see you know a promo saying you know Samoa Joe is facing this person next week. But you know what? Maybe we show once in a while a highlight from a, from something from mm-hmm. NXT. I think that will help with the network, and I think it will help people get an idea of who these people are. So you don't have another Emma or Bo Dallas or Adam Rose situation where guys come up, you think they're watching NXT, but they really have no idea who these people are. So that that's what I would like to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to mm-hmm. RO, mm-hmm. going to ROH quickly. Well. Just do a couple of these. ROH, what would you like to see? Uh, or do you think they're on the right path and there's really nothing to change? I mean, I guess the biggest thing is to somehow figure out a way to resign some of these guys who look like they're leaving. You know, Red Dragon, who looks like contract talks have totally, you know, ceased and assisted at this point. Uh, AJ, you don't know how much you might have him next year. But any things that you, you would like to see change or continue besides, you know, like a lighting grid or like we've said in the past? A bunch of things. One, they've got to re-sign all the guys that they have. Because NXT, WWE and NXT, they're looking for these guys. And now NXT is going to start making money this year, Corey. I think they're definitely going to become profitable in the upcoming year or have a good chance of anyway. Um, I know NXT is going to be in Dallas the day before WrestleMania or the day before WrestleMania. And I think they sold something like 10,000 seats or 13,000 seats, a total sellout. They need to be careful because with the money WWE already has, if NXT becomes a profit-making brand, which it may start to do, they're going to be able to pay more for these Ring of Honors and, and these, these guys. So the first thing definitely is um, keep your talent. Uh, they're going to need more TV exposure than whatever network they're on. I don't even know what Comment. network they're on. Yeah, in summation, I'd say the three things they need to do are Keep the talent they have because NXT is, is, is you know, has a real chance of getting these guys. Get some more national exposure with your TV show, either 
get it on other networks, Spike TV, something like that, if they, if they can, if it's possible. And then improve the television production quality, make it more aesthetically pleasing, show to watch. Those would be my three things for Ring of Honor. All three, I think, are realistic, uh, but they need to start with keeping their talent. So if none of the talent there, the rest of this won't matter anyway. Uh, I'm going to agree with you again. Uh, one thing I will say is they've made a deal with PWG out of California for Wrestling Gorilla, which has got a lot of great talent. So I think that will help on both ends with PWG's success and also bringing in some new talent. I mean, you already saw Adam Cole was on their last show returning uh, as a big-time heel there. So I think that will help the cross-promotion. Um, I'm going to continue to say, just like a lot of the people, I think promotion uh, production-wise, I think they've got to go and figure out a way to make the shows feel more timely when it comes to post-pay-per-views. Uh, because you basically, at t- and I understand it's the schedule of how they do things, but you could have a show on set on Friday night, and then there's a good chance for like three weeks you have no idea who won those, you know, there was a title change, who won, who lost. I mean, I think that's, I know that you, you're taping the next night, it's hard to turn around, but I think you got to figure out a way to either do inserts into the show or something that helps you know that, you know, Adam Cole beat Kyle O'Reilly or... Jay Lethal went and retained the title. You know, you have shows that were taped beforehand, and it just feels a little disjointed. Maybe you think differently on that, but I think that's a major problem. I agree 100%. 100,000%. It's very frustrating as a viewer to be pumped for them to see where they go with the next storylines. Then they don't have a show about their pay-per-view for three weeks. It's very frustrating. Absolutely. Uh... Moving on, uh, Lucha Underground. We're going to be getting season two very shortly, I guess like the next three weeks. You're a huge fan of Lucha Underground. I've been able to watch a couple of shows here and there due to the fact of, you know, Unamas, and we don't even know yet if they will be on Unamas coming up. If not, we're going to have to figure out a way for me to see the shows. Uh, We'll figure that out as we go along. Uh, What would you like to see change, stay the same? And, of course, the the big ad, Rey Mysterio. So what would you like to see coming into season two? Or do you think everything's perfect and you keep the, the biggest, same? The biggest thing they need to do, I think the product is fine. No problem with the product. They need to get in more homes. They just need to get, they need to be, they, this is the best weekly wrestling, episodic wrestling program on the air. But they need to be in more homes. They need more people to watch this in English like yourself. Especially in a market like New York. Are you kidding me? With the Latino market, they need to be in these homes. Um, so that's the biggest thing for me. I, I think it's realistic. And obviously, other than that, I want them to stay on the air and have, be able to have a third season. So more exposure, national exposure and the like, and the ability to stay on the air. You know, do well enough where they can stay on the air. Because the, the product itself, I have no problem. I mean, you can nitpick a little bit. Uh, with Dario Cueto or whatever, but the product is phenomenal. So I don't really have a lot of problems with that. Um, but they, I want them to stay on the air, and I want them to get more exposure. But I want people to see more fans and see what I'm able to see every week. I, I agree totally. I mean, I think you got to expand, figure out a way for El Rey to get on all of these, uh, you know, like I have I have Cablevision or Optimum. We don't have El Rey at the moment. We just, we're getting pop. I think we spoke last week. We're getting Pop TV 
uh, week two of TNA, which we'll talk about next. Um, I think you got to go and figure out a way to get more people to watch the product. From everyone who watches, they say they love it. The experience of going live, I'm told, is great. I'd love to go at some point to Boyle's Heights and see the show. I mean, it looks like a great fan experience. But, you know, you got to get more people to see it. Is it El Rey? Is a big supporter with uh, Brunette and Rodriguez behind the project? But you got to figure out somehow to either get on another network for El Rey to get clearances just like Sinclair, to figure out a way to go and have this product seen by more people. In-ring, it might be the best product on TV. I like, uh, I think the only authority figure in wrestling that I actually like is on Lucha Underground. I think he's, you know, I think they have a universe that you know it's something different and it works. So you just got to figure out a way to get more people to see it, get more clearances. Now, the one that's always fun and... Some of us have given up on it. Some of us are willing to give it, you know, a 14th chance. TNA Wrestling next week premieres on Pop TV on a new night Tuesdays. It's been on Pop TV for the last two weeks with Best of Shows. Ratings haven't been anything special, but, you know, it hasn't exactly been thoroughly, you know, advertised, I guess. I've been hearing that they've been doing advertising, you know, local ones on during Raw, which I haven't seen. Maybe I fast-forwarded through. But, Jay, this is most, at least in my opinion, last chance for TNA to... For me to care about them, will you? I guess twofold. One, will you give them a chance, either online or another forum? Because actually, what I did see was that at least the best of episode that aired last week was on the Pop TV website. So you're able to watch it there. But have they burned too many bridges, or will you give them one more chance? And what would you say if you're Dixie Carter? What would you do to try to save this company in 2016? Uh, so I, I, I want you to, to start off with it because I've been starting off, but I, I'll say this and then I'll let you go. I'm willing to give them another shot because why the heck not? The shows have to get better. Or else, and I also don't have pop TV. So I mean, you know, this is kind of a non-starter for me. I may have pop TV, but I don't think so. I'm actually going to check while you talk, but you know, I want to hear from you. You're the TNA, the resident TNA mark for the Workshop Wrestling Podcast. You're the one who's given this show chance after chance after this product, chance after chance after chance. I've been pretty inconsistent as a TNA fan over the years. I can say that pretty consistently. I've never sat down and watched every week of the show. I'm pretty sure I've never done that. Not like Lucha Underground. I've never given it that much of a chance. I mean, maybe not never, but I'd say that I did. I don't consider. It's been years since I've consistently watched every week. Whereas you've given it a shot. So as a resident TNA, Mark, what do you think about the show? What do you think they need to do to improve? And what's your New Year's resolution for total nonstop action? Uh, all right, let's 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 start off uh, small. Let's get some people writing the show who actually know wrestling. I loved, I loved Dave Lagana when he had his own podcast, and it's one of the reasons we have this podcast today. It was one of the first uh, wrestling podcasts out there that gave a perspective that was different than the usual podcasts. I believe it was called uh, We Want Wrestling or We Love Wrestling. I don't remember the name of the podcast off the top of my head. We Want Wrestling. We Want Wrestling, which is one of the first times I ever heard Court Bauer. One of the times I heard, you know, uh, Chris DeJoseph, a lot of these guys who are still in the game or who do podcasts that are listened to a ton now. Um, Dave Lagana, I don't know if you've lost the ability to write TV or they just... Dixie Carter won't give you enough uh, influence to actually do something. 
I think you need better creative writers in there. I think you got to go and advertise more. You got to have a partner, unlike Destination America, that gives up on you after, you know, three weeks and takes away your secondary programming, which you thought was going to be a new way to do things. I think you got to go and I don't know how much it is signing new people because you know what? TNA, and this is the problem we've always had with 50-50 booking, especially with TNA, 10 minutes after someone gets there, they're no longer a star. I think you got to go and continue to build some of the guys that are there. Ethan Carter III, for the last two years, I think has been one of the most improved guys out there. But you got something with Lashley. I think you've got some people there that can make a difference. But I think it truly comes down to the idea that you got to go and advertise more. you got to do a real campaign. got to make it seem like we should care about it more than just you caring about it. And I think you got to go and figure out a way to make Pop TV a channel that you want to watch. Because honestly, maybe you feel differently, but the whole time they were on Destination America, same thing with um, ROH. It never felt like Destination America was really a place that I wanted to watch wrestling. It didn't feel like a home for wrestling. Will Pop TV be that? You never know. I mean, Pop TV's got quite a more people. Like I said, second week of the show, it will be on Optimum, which is a huge cable provider, which I think is a good sign. But I really think they have to go and make, even more than WWE, you have to have stars that actually feel like stars. Jeff Hardy, mate, I don't think he's going to wrestle for at least another nine months. I think he's got another surgery he's going to go through. So his return to WWE may not happen one way or another. But Jeff Hardy's a star. Ethan Carter III has to become a star. you got to have people there that you consider stars, people that you actually want to see. Having Maria Kanellis come in with Michael Bennett, which is the hot rumor going around, which they're telling people, and appears it's going to happen. They've decided to go to TNA instead of you know signing a deal with NXT. That's great. The New Japan fans love to watch, you know, Maria shake her ass. I love to watch Maria shake her ass. I think she's become one of the better heels on TV. I think she's really good. But you need more than just that. I mean, I don't know what guys in ROH they're going to bring in. There's rumors. There's other ROH guys that will be on that first show. But here's the main thing. Even with Destination America, you said there were going to be huge surprises, huge people coming in. No one came in. Dixie Carter has to, at some point, actually put her money where her mouth is. Either... You're going to have big people come in, and they're actually going to be there, or you're going to have Shark Boy. Hey, Shark Boy is a decent worker, but you and me couldn't care less if Shark Boy, you know, knocked on our door right now and said he'd want to do the show. Shark Boy isn't someone we care about. You're telling me you're going to bring in, you know, Brock Lesnar, well, not Brock Lesnar because he's signed, but you're bringing in people who actually matter, and you're going to make them actually matter three minutes later? That's great. But if you're going to have Kurt Angle, Christian Cage, just become secondary guys a month after they're there, I don't care. Hey, bring in uh, some guys from New Japan if you could. But Jay, what, what do you think of? As I take a deep breath. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I think the show needs to be more succinct and make more sense. Um, I, I think the taping schedule of the show sometimes lends itself to the show not being impactful. I think as far as the TV network goes and, you know, is it a show for a network for wrestling. I think to me it's, I mean, because that's a kind of a funny thing to, to say, I think it's more of will they get the backing of Pop TV? Will they get their real blessing? Will they put them over? I don't know what the hell is on Pop TV. Um, we don't have it and I checked in Rochester, so I don't know what it is. Um, but will they put over TNA 
on their whatever big shows that they have, will it become a thing? Will they have TNA guys maybe on some of their shows doing guest appearances? You know what I mean? Like, that's one thing that WWE gets with USA. You know, they'll have the big show and the Miz on shows, and they'll do cross-promotion. Will they get Pop TV? I don't even know if they'll just do reruns. I have no idea, but will Pop TV get that? You know, have, you know, uh, Ethan Carter III, you know, guest host some show that they do. Will they get that cross-promotional thing? I think that's really important. I think free agents are important, uh, but they have some guys there. Not a lot of guys, but they have some guys there. They don't have an impact. There are not many impactful free agents. There aren't. But they can still build off of some of the guys that they have there. I think Lashley is a guy. I think EC3 is a guy. So I think they have a couple. You bring in Mike Bennett and Maria. You make them mean something. And, you know, I mean, we'll see. Also, get rid of the six-sided ring. Have a four-sided ring. I mean, come on. Ridiculous. Now, talking about something that's not ridiculous, and I believe it was either our favorite or second favorite promotion last year, New Japan Pro Wrestling, as its uh, biggest show of the year, a show that both me and Jason will be watching. One of us might be watching live. The other one will be watching it as soon as they can. It's uh, Wrestle Kingdom 10. Uh, I don't know how much the card loses as a result of not having Jim Royce, Jim, Jim Royce, Jim Ross as, as the voice this year. But I think it's another really good sh- good card. And, uh, Jay, I don't think we're not going to do the idea. Because we don't, I don't think either one of us knows the product well enough to say what we should change and this and that. Just keep, besides, you know, maybe change up the main event a little bit. Because it has been Tanahashi versus Okada three out of the last four years at Wrestle Kingdom. And, you know, you've had Nakamura. You've, a lot of the same guys in the main event picture. You want to go and change some of the main event. But... Unless you have other thoughts, I'd like to get into uh, the card coming up and uh, some ideas of what you'd like to see and everything else. Yeah, definitely looking forward to Wrestle Kingdom 10 for sure. I can't wait for that show. It's going to be at 3 in the morning on Sunday. I will not be up for that show. Um, But uh, definitely the next day, Monday, I'm going to try not to check Twitter. I may have that as my replacement for Raw. I know Raw is going to be a big show, so... It just might be a little bit too much wrestling um, for the day for the first day after work. So we'll see. But I'm definitely going to watch it Monday or Tuesday, and I can't wait to watch. It's going to be a tremendous show. So uh, we have doing the commentary this year. Like I said, no Jim Ross, but on the English side we have Kevin Kelly from ROH. We've got um, Matt Stryker from Lucha Underground. And we got Yoshitatsu, who was a wrestler on WWE, to go and I think be a little bit of a conduit between the stuff in Japanese that the two of them may not be able to figure out, which I think is a nice element. So when someone's doing a promo, we can actually find out what they're saying, which I think is going to be good. What, what's your take on this uh, three-man commentary team? And how much do you think Yoshitatsu could help with, like I said, the idea of not being lost when we have, you know segments of people speaking in Japanese? Or will you just be watching the Japanese commentary and just saying, screw it? Yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it. I think the commentary will be fine. Um, like I said, there's a better chance I'll listen to the uh, Japanese version of it. But I-, I think I'll listen to the American version. So, you know, something for us to comment on uh, next week or the week after. Um, I think the commentary team will be fine. I think they'll do a good job. Um, I thought Kelly and Stryker were pretty good um, for the last pay-per-view. I thought they were okay for the last show that they did. So 
I think they'll be fine. Of course, Jim Ross is the best. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. So it, it's always going to be, you know, a downgrade from anyone who's not Jim Ross. But I think these guys will do fine. I, I agree. Like I like Kevin Kelly. I think Kevin Kelly is one of the – besides Jim Ross, I think it might be the best straight play-by-play guy that we have got have right now. So, you know, at least we have that. Um but interesting to see how the three of them communicate together, and I think it should be fun. Uh, so our first match on the show, which is a.k.a. Spotfest City, I think we'll call it, uh, the junior IWGP tag team titles, Beretta and Rocky Romero, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Matt Seidel and Ricochet, and Nick and Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks, in a four-way for the title. Um, Interest level in this match? Do you expect it to be anything more than just a spot fest? Do you expect to uh, see maybe a title change? Where do you uh, where are you seeing this? I think it's going to be a uh, a spot fest for sure. I think it should be a lot of fun. Um, I, I like how they built up to that match. I think the champions retain. I you know what? Nick and Nick and Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks, you know, aren't full time guys there anymore. They're now ROH guys, so. You would have thought coming in, they may have won the titles. And with the idea that they haven't re-signed with ROH, the Red Dragon, I could see them keeping it. But I, I really think Seidel and Ricochet are a great team. I thought they had some really fun matches. And you know what? I'd like to see that. I'd like to see Seidel and Ricochet win the titles. I think that would be a lot of fun. Well, um, I definitely want them to keep them as a team for a while. I think they're awesome together. I mean, so I, I really would like for them to keep the titles for sure. And just like or to, uh, tag team, sorry. And just like every company except NXT, the idea of adding an extra title never, you know, doesn't something that really strikes my mind, especially with uh, New Japan. But we have the introduction of the never six man title. We've got Mark Briscoe, Jay Briscoe. The Briscoe brothers will be on New Japan, which is awesome, teaming with Toriano versus the three lesser members of the uh, the Bullet Club, Bellock Fale. Uh, Tamatanga and Yuro Tanahashi Takahashi uh, I think this is just a filler match I really am not expecting much It's awesome to see the Briscoes out there But do you really care one way or another about this match? This is a match where you feel like you see maybe some nice spots But bathroom break Yeah, I, I think this is uh, an, uh, it's, It'll be fine Um I don't know why they're having, like, a championship. I mean, I don't think they need more titles. Um, I think it should be fine. I see the Bullet Club winning the match. I think it'll be what it's going to be. No big deal. Um, But it'll be a fun match. Well, I think the reason why they're having this six-man title match is because a lot of the the house shows that they run, the uh, non-stuff that's on World exclusively, there are a lot of six-man matches, especially with the – the Bullet Club, so I guess maybe adds a little bit to the touring brand for them. The idea that you have a, a, a title match and some of these six-mans. So I can see that. But um, Now, the match, one of the matches I'm looking forward to a lot, Jay Lethal versus Michael Elkin for the ROH title. Elkin's become a pretty big star in his since the G1 in Japan. Uh, Jay Lethal might be leaving. You never know what how that's going to go. I don't know if you have a title change of your of an ROH title on a New Japan show, but I can see Michael Elkin win the title. What's what's your feeling there? Man, I, I think there's a chance Elkin wins the title just because of the fact he's so over in New Japan. But I think it also would establish Lethal as a, as a heel with that crowd. 
and give him the ability to go to New Japan and wrestle there with the title as a heel. So, um, I and the other thing is I don't know that we'd see a major title change on a company that isn't you know on a you know a different in a different you know company. So I think Jay Lethal retains in a very fun good match, um, but I think I think it'll be a good match. But I think Jay Lethal retains for the reasons mentioned. You know what? I think this could be very interesting on how Jay Lethal is received by the New Japan audience who, unless you are watching the, the matches when ROH faces New Japan in their super shows, people in New Japan have no idea who Jay Lethal is. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how much Michael Elkin has gone over, how much that's going to help this match, or to Jai get... Uh, Two Americans in a match, how much this could have cricket to tie. That, that will be interesting to see. Uh, we have our IWGP tag team title match. Uh, Doc Gallows and the Machine Gun Carl Anderson versus Hanma and Makabe. I think it should be a really fun match. I don't know how much, how good of a match it will be, but I think it should be fun on what we do and how, how, how much you know, the fans are going to care about the Americans in this match because I'm not sure what to think of this. I think it could be fun, but it feels a little bit like a little bit of a filler match on my end. The Machine Gun, Carl Anderson. Uh, I don't know, Corey. I, I think the, uh, I think the match will be fine. Um, I think, I, you know, having watched, you know, having watched these two guys. Um, Doc Gallows with Carl Anderson. I like Carl Anderson a lot more as a singles, to okay, be honest absolutely. with you. Um, and I think as a singles, he's been awesome. Um, I have not been in love with their tag team matches in general, although I do like Doc Gallows. I don't, I don't know. I think he's okay. Um, I don't know. I, I think it'll be fine, but I agree with you. I think it's more of a filler match than anything. You think they switch the titles, though? Do you think Hanma finally wins a title in New Japan, or is... Or his, I don't know how much you know about it, but he's got a lot of problems outside of wrestling right now with uh, lawsuits with his ex-girlfriend and everything else. So I don't know how much that will affect them putting a title. But do you think we get, for the second straight year, a title change for the tag team titles with a Japanese team winning? Yeah, that's a lot of titles for the Bullet Club. Um, if, if they, you know, if they win that, that six-man title match and then. Um, yeah, I'm going to say that they retain. Um, I, I don't see, I don't see, a, I don't see a title change there. Um, I think once we start getting more into the world title, that's when we might see something. But I think there won't be a major. I, I don't, I don't see the Bullet Club losing the match. Okay, uh, no, and one of the things you realize: so many titles they have, people who don't get a chance to watch the product as deeply as we've been watching lately. Another title match: IWGP Junior Title, Kenny Omega versus Kusada, a uh, Kusada in the the rematch. Uh, they both won once in this. Uh, where do you see? I think this could be one of the stellar matches of the night, especially with uh, fan interaction. I think Kenny Omega really irks those fans, and I think he's really good at his character. But do you think do we have the title go back with Kushida? Love Kenny Omega. Yeah, I love Kenny Omega and Kushida. This is probably one of the top two or three matches I'm looking forward to most. Um, and Omega has the title, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's right. So I expect him to retain. I think he'll he'll keep the title. Um, I, I yeah. I see Omega retaining the title in what's going to be a very very good match. 
a, a match that I don't think we're going to talk much about, just the fact that we have so many other matches. Uh, Goto versus Naito, uh, who I think has become one of the best heels, even though, like you say, you know, you're not sure what they're saying at times, but his facials and everything he's done with this character, Naito has really found a new character, something that's been great. I think he's going to win. I expect a lot of him going into next year. What, uh, what's your opinion on this match, and do you agree that he has to win? Um, yeah, I, I think Naito will win. I think his performance in the G1 was awesome. I think he's been a fantastic heel. Um, and so I think he'll, I think he'll win the match. Goto's okay, um, but I see Naito winning the match. And I really think, I really think he could be the, one of the next big challengers in 2016 for the, uh, the heavyweight title there. Uh, my, my most looked forward to match, and he's my, he might be my favorite wrestler in all of New Japan. Got Shibata going for the t- going for the Never Title versus Ishii. They had possibly the best match I've seen in the last couple of years in the G1 a couple of years ago. Uh, I think Shibata is going to win. I think he's had a really good year. Shibata over Ishii. Uh, what do you think, Jay? Do you think we're going to see a title change here, or do you, Ishii just keeps on holding this title forever and ever and ever? Yeah, I'll go with Shibata here. I love him. I think he's awesome. And um, I think he deserves, um, I definitely think he deserves the title. His performance in G1 was, he's probably the third or fourth best guy in the G1, in my opinion. And um, I'd like for them to give him the title. So I'm going to go more with my heart and my head. And I'm going to say that he, he wins the title. And before we get to the last match, I want to say one thing. I said this on Twitter, at WorkshootPod. When I was talking about uh, Final Battle, Shibata and Kyle O'Reilly are, I think, are very similar in their style. And I think they're two of my favorite wrestlers of this past year. I don't know if we spoke about that last week, but I think the two of them, I don't know if they would ever face each other, but I think that with their style and submissions, I think the two of them are spectacular. Uh, I agree. That's a very, very good comparison, Corey. uh, IWGP Intercontinental title. Uh, champion Nakamura, who a lot of people's favorite wrestler of, of the year, versus the phenomenal AJ Styles, and maybe one of his last matches there as a full-time guy, because we don't know his contract st- status is. Both these guys could be gone. I, I don't think you take the title off of Nakamura, but I think this could be where AJ maybe could turn babyface, and you could have a splitting of the uh, the Bullet Club, because I think they're they, they need to have some sort of babyface run with AJ before he leaves. So I think Nakamura keeps the title, and maybe we get a AJ uh, turn. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with you on that one. Because um, I was going to say they're not going to turn him and have him win. So it'd be something where he'd lose, and then, you know, he'd, then he'd have some matches with Carl Anderson. Um, I think that'd be a good way to go. I mean, the thing is, I don't know these guys' contract status. I know AJ... His contract is up pretty soon, same as Nakamura. So I think they go with status quo and they have Nakamura retain the title. Um, but I do see some type of heel turn, heel, or, or babyface turn for AJ for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the simplest way to do it, Nakamura wins. AJ goes to shake his hand, a sign of respect. The Bullet Club goes and says, what are you doing? Then they attack him, and then you can do more down the line. But uh, final match of the card, third uh Third of the last four years, Okada versus Tanahashi. I don't know if this will be the best show on the card, but I think you got to have Okada win because they've been telling the story of redemption all year with Okada. Okada keeps the title, 
And I think we have Okada versus Naito uh, going forward, or maybe Okada versus Nakamura. But I see Okada keeping the title, and we move on. 2016, continuing a reign of Okada as the face, or the ace as they call it, of the company. Jay, uh, final match of the night. I'm going with Okada. What, what do you think? I think you have to have Okada win this match. I mean, he's 10 years younger than Tanahashi. Tanahashi won the match last year. Um, I think you want to continue to build Okada as the monster number one guy in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And, and so I think you have to have him win this match. So I, I definitely go to we'll go with Okada here in kind of one of those respect matches. Um, so maybe they have Okada continue to be a, a bit a strong baby face and you know go against Naito or one of those guys. So yeah, I think uh, Okada definitely wins this match. I'd be very surprised if Tanahashi wins. I I agree totally. Uh, and the last thing in regards to New Japan Pro Wrestling, I don't know if you saw it, Jay, but we've got English commentary, of course, for the the uh, Wrestle Kingdom show. But then the next day, New Year's Dash, which last year I believe you had uh, AJ Styles win the title the following night. That will also have English commentary. So I mean, I think that's really cool. Good thing that New Japan is doing, and I think that's an even better way to keep the momentum of the product. I don't know if you have another title change, but I think having New Year's Dash English English commentary the following night is a great thing for the fans and another thing to make New New Japan World stand out as a service. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, someone asked me the other day, a buddy of mine who's a big wrestling fan, is like, you know, is it worth it? Is it as yes. I mean, it was worth it just for the G1. Then that show in November was amazing. It, it, it absolutely is, is worth the price. Eight ninety nine. like, you can't go wrong for that, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I agree with you. Um, that's cool that they're doing that. So I'll, I'll, I'll end up watching that show at some point as well. Hopefully it's not one of those four-hour crazy shows like New Japan likes having, putting those guys through bodies through hell. But, um, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, the only thing that stinks is uh, Abushi isn't on the show. Uh, because of his injury. Um, so really that's, you know, really a guy who turned into one of my favorite guys is now hurt and is going to be out for much of the next year. So, um, you know, it, it sucks for him, and I, I think that's the only disappointment for me for, for New Japan for sure. Absolutely. And like I said, we're not here to go and tell – you know, we don't get paid by New Japan, but I think New Japan World, WWE Network are two great services – and I think we've had a very good year, like we said last week, when it comes to wrestling. I think 2016 will have shaky points, just like everything we've seen in the past every year. But we're getting into the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. ROH is, looks like they're continuing to get strong, Lucha Underground. I think it's going to be a really good year. The only thing better than the 999 value and the 899 value of New Japan World is being able to have the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast for free every week either by listening to on Stitcher, Podomatic itself, iTunes, and Facebook. So, uh, Jay, this has been a great year. I'm glad that we've gone through two years of the product together. And, Jay, if you'd like to let people know how they can go and continue to support us through Twitter and other ideas, especially letting them know about our great sponsor, the floor is yours. Sure. We'll start with the sponsor. Um, you know, listen, you'd be helping us out. Um, we're not like, it's not like we're getting rich off this, but you'd be definitely helping us out. Uh, go to our website, um, or rather the website of our sponsor, Punch Apparel, Clothing That Rocks. 
www.punc.co. Uh, type in shoot at checkout in caps and you'll save 15% off. Um, I mean, I know it's after the holidays a little bit. Maybe you don't have as much money as you had in the past, but listen, you got a credit card, I'm sure. If there's something you like on the site, take a look. If there's an item, you know, a piece of clothing you like, um, click on it, type in shoot, fill in caps at checkout and you'll save 15% off. It'd be great if you guys could just go to the site to support us. You don't have to buy anything, but at least go and see if there's anything you like. Um, as Corey said, to listen to our show, Stitcher or iTunes, just type in the Worked Shoot Wrestling Podcast, and our podcast will come right up. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. Um, on Stitcher, you make it like your favorite station. And on iTunes, obviously, you just subscribe. Please leave a review. That'd be awesome. Also, you can go to our website, www.workedshoot.podomatic.com. That's workshoot.podomatic.com. You can make it a favorite so you, you don't miss a show either. Um, we're also on Twitter at WorkshootPod. Corey on his own is on there at Paladin808. And uh, we're also on Facebook at the Workshoot Podcast. Thank you, Jay, like for the last two years. And, Jay, good luck this weekend with uh, the Packers game against Minnesota. Home field advantage no, as a result. That. I, you know, fuck that. <laughs> they played like absolute dog crap the other day. It's the worst I've ever seen Green Bay play. They sucked. <laughs> Well, here's to hopefully they fix things and, uh, the, you know, all good things must come to an end, a.k.a. the Brown season, which wasn't good. But, uh, Jason, thank you very much. Yeah, for, that, that's a good thing. I did not. You know what hasn't come to an end, Corey? I know this is going to be mean. The what, my suffering? I'm yeah. sorry. Thank you. And once again, we don't know if we have a quarterback because Manziel's got a concussion and we can't see him one more game to figure out what we'll do with the second pick if we lose to Pittsburgh. But, uh, Jason, thank you very much for being part of this podcast for the last two years. Here's uh, going into year number three of the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. Thank you very much, everyone, for your support. Jason, speak to you again uh, next week. The floor is yours. I think we're done here. See ya. Give me what it takes now. Great.